Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oh, hello there. Thank you for checking out the brand new episode of Oldie But A Goodie. It'll get started in just a second. Just wanted to let you know that, as always, this show is brought to you by our Patreon. Powered by Patreon wouldn't be possible without our patrons over on Patreon. There is a link in the episode description where you can sign up, get some bonus episodes, plus be able to vote on our upcoming summer series. The poll for that has almost wrapped up. I think it's currently a tie between Nicolas Cage and all the Transformers films. But also, this episode is brought to you by the debut album from Melbourne comedic rappers Kegel and Greg. A lot of people say that I sound like Greg. We are definitely 100% two different people. It just came out on Friday. It's streaming right now wherever you get your music. Check it out. There's also a little preview of one of the tracks later in the episode as well in one of our ad slots. And with that all out of the way... Enjoy the episode on The Mummy Returns. This is a very fun episode. I'm sure you're going to love it. Uh, Enjoy. Imagine a year where a movie called The Mummy Returns should have been called The Daddy Returns. (laughs) Whoa, what year is that, Zach? The year is 2001. One, 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 one. And welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the podcast reviewing movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. We're revisiting a franchise that we watched a lot when we were kids, which is mainly what we're just doing this year. But this franchise in particular, it's a pretty important one for us. We're talking about The Mummy, more specifically, The Mummy Returns. My name is Sandro. As always, I'm joined by Zach. Hello there. And to talk about this movie with us, it's been quite a while since she was on the podcast, but uh, she's back. Social media influencer and YouTuber Myrna Yusuf is on the show. Hello. Oh my God. Hello. I was not expecting that introduction. I feel so influenced right now. That's what I'm here for. But anyway, you're here to talk about, yeah, the, the Mummy Returns. This one's got scorpions in it. Is the official name of this movie. (laughs) Wow, it's been ages since I've watched this one in particular. Big fan of the first one. Never really went back to the second one. How about you, Zach? Uh, I've seen this one a few times. I've I've watched the Mummy series a couple of times. That's why I was surprised to hear that you you haven't gone back and watched these movies so recently. I, I haven't watched this one in a very long time, but I've watched the Mummy, like, early last year. Yeah. And I dream about Brendan Fraser every night, so really it feels like yesterday. Excellent, excellent. So you were all caught up. How about you, Myrna? When was the last time you watched any of these? These were on rotation alongside my Lizzie McGuire DVDs growing up. Mm. I just, I really loved the idea of a librarian and then going on these adventures and also Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. They're like 
my definition of a power couple. And which one did you always prefer growing up, though? This one or the first one? Because I watched them back to back. I never really saw saw them as different. The third one felt odd to me because Rachel Weisz wasn't in it. But other than that, these two were, like, god tier for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is always the problem with the third one. The first two feel like they're in the same series, and then they just replace an actor. Yeah. And it was like, oh, oh. Which is a shame, because I think the idea behind the third one is probably better than this one, in that, like, in this one, mm. it's like, the mummy's back. Wow, they defeated him, and now he's back. Whereas I prefer the idea of they go and check out, like, the Terracotta Warriors instead. Unfortunately, that movie also has yetis that play basketball and is bad. <laughs> so- <laughs> what do you mean? That's the best part of the movie, Sandra. <laughs> Look, they made a promise and they delivered on that promise exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But yeah, The Mummy Returns. We'll get into it all. Uh, first impressions, first of all. You know that TikTok uh, sound that's like, Daddy, sorry, Daddy, sorry. It's that and also Mummy, sorry, <laughs> Mummy, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they're back and they're O'Connell. <laughs> the O'Connells are back. This time I've got a kid. I like how it's set nine years after the first one, purely so they could introduce a kid. Mm. And they're still in their honeymoon phase. Like, that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. A kid hasn't ruined anything. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you surprised, Sandro? Are you saying that child would have ruined their perfect marriage? Oh, that kid is one of the worst kids I think I've ever had to watch in a movie. <laughs> Oh, uh, what do you mean? That was the best. Uh, oh, cool, blimey! It's me, <laughs> yeah, the child! Yeah, the I have a very thick British accent for some reason. My father's going to kick your ass when he hears about this. <laughs> <laughs> the kid sounded like someone doing a really bad um, Tom Holland impression. <laughs> I, found, I found this ancient Chinese relic up the chimney, aren't it? <laughs> Oh, he was great. No, my favourite part was the child and every time he was on screen. Um, uh, Apart from, sorry, my other favourite part, which was the CGI, which I forgot how well it holds up. Oh, it holds up so well. (laughs) I know know this film is, like, famous for its um, CGI effects, but I had forgotten. Like, I remember The Rock, that, that was kind of silly, but, like... I forgot that the rest of the movie also uses CGI as well. Some of it was okay. Most of it just looked like Age of Empires 2. Yeah. Well, I'm down for that. I loved Age of Empires 2. So this is the greatest movie of all time, apart from the first one, obviously. I feel like, though, we've been watching movies from 2001 all of this year, though. We're a bit biased, you know? We're used to it. Yeah. Myrna, was it a big kind of change of pace to go from, like, modern-day blockbusters to CGI that looks like this? Sandra, I haven't watched a modern-day blockbuster since 2019. (laughs) (laughs) I've been watching uh, television series. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, then you're Mm. you're pretty used to this, then. (laughs) Just watching TV. Yeah, the last time I watched a movie, the CGI was this good. Nah, because uh, did you guys hear the story? They didn't give the studio enough time, so the studio did the best that they could with the time they were given because the release date was, like, coming up really fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, it works. It works. It It's bad, but it works, you know? One of my favourite things to do with CGI like this is whenever there's, like, 
an army sequence and it's a CGI army, which you get Mm. quite a lot of in this movie. Just watch one person in that army and you'll just see them doing the same animation over and over again. And it's very (laughs) funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they copy and paste entire groups, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, my, My goal is to always try and spot the two identical ones. Like, see if I can match two of them. Because there will definitely be a copy-paste somewhere, and that's my goal, is to try and find two that are doing the exact same thing and look exactly the same. Nah, but the fight scenes were epic. The fight scenes were epic. I've never seen knife fight scenes that great. Um, what is it? One hour, six minutes, uh, 52 seconds. I don't have that memorized. <laughs> mm. Oh, wow, I wonder what scene that is. <laughs> oh, the, the, the big fight scenes were pretty good. I thought they were alright. The music made them work. I think. I I just remember watching some movie. I cannot remember which one, and they had that epic fight scene. But they, they it wasn't a huge army. It was just like I don't, this is a terrible unit, like a school's worth of army, like <laughs> Mortal Kombat that we did last year. I, yeah, it might have been Mortal Kombat or something, and it's just like. Just CGI a whole bunch of extra people or something, you know? Just make it look a bit more epic. Anyway, we'll get into all the sandy details in a second. <laughs> uh, but first, haha, Zach, you picked this movie. I did. You had a bunch of other options that were bad. Yeah. Uh, the other films that came out this week in 2001 were Carmen, a hip hopera. It's a hip hop opera. Yeah. Uh, with Beyonce and a bunch of other rappers. It's like an adaptation of a 40s musical called Carmen Jones. And I that is probably... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no universe where that is good. Mockingbird Don't Sing is a biopic based off the life of a modern feral child called Genie. It's probably very sad. And Under the Sand, which is uh, the subtitle for this movie. French (laughs) film about an elderly couple who go on vacation and the husband goes swimming but never comes back. Yay! Oh no. So, out of all those options, you picked the only one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the only fun one, yeah. I mean, the the rapping opera could have been very funny, I feel. Um, but, um, maybe. I said funny, not good. To be fair, you had to pick between Lil Bow Wow and Brendan Fraser, and I think you chose the right one. Lil Bow Wow, I'm gonna bow out. <laughs> sorry. Boo! <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Go back to your professional podcasting stuff, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we need to go back. That's about two years ago, I think. Oh, dear me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, two years ago? I think it was the first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do people put ads on our show? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a sequel to the film from 1999 that made huge profit and everyone mm. loved it, aside from uh, a lot of the cast getting injuries while making it. But Oof. everyone loved that movie. Uh, and so they made another one. Uh, it is written and directed by the same guy who did the first one, Stephen Summers. However, for the first film, he had a bunch of co-writers come up with the story with him. They aren't involved with this one. And I think you can kind of tell. Mm. It's a lot more of a studio sort of story. So I can kind of see the lack of co-writers. It's very focused on world building. Yeah. Which is which is interesting. I, I, I forgot how much, like, world-building this does. It's like, oh, hey, you're the the reincarnation of the Pharaoh's daughter. Hey, you're a god warrior. Hey, you know, we gotta get the mummy king. Hey, you have a child now. Hey, this, hey, that. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. 
I wish I wish they had done something similar for I don't know uh, a different mummy series that they recently came up with, which is they saved the world building for the second movie. What? No, you need to get all the world building done in the first half hour with Russell Crowe being like, "Here's a bunch of jars that feature other monsters inside them." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's what the Marvel movies did. They immediately dumped world building in the first couple of movies that they made. They definitely did do that, didn't they? Yeah. Um, other films that Stephen Summers has directed include The Adventures of Huck Finn, uh, the live-action Jungle Book movie from 1994, which is the worst episode that we've ever done, but we did review it. <laughs> yep. And he also directed Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing film and the first G.I. Joe movie, which was terrible. For the cast, Brendan Fraser, Rick O'Connell, second film we've done from him this year. I think you can kind of tell... Uh, that he was a bit more cautious with his stunts in this movie. Because, <laughs> mm. I mean, in the first one, he's like, you know, he got some pretty serious injuries making that movie. In this one, it feels like he's a lot more, yeah, cautious. There's a lot more kind of wires and stuff that uh, that he's using in this one. I mean, he was a dad in this one, so you got to take care of yourself. Oh, true. That's true. And Rachel Weiss is back as Evie. This is her breakout role. Um, after this, she got uh, a few more stuff. Uh, and things. She's in the Bourne series, I think. And she also got some award recognition for films like The Favourite, which is great. And uh, yeah, she's really good in this one. Yeah. Obviously. John Hannah's also back as Jonathan. He gets nothing to do. <laughs> what do you mean? He has the scepter and is there and is funny. He drives a bus. He drives a bus. He does drive a bus. Can't, yeah, he, he drives a bus. So he, as an actor, has mainly done TV. Uh, he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which looks about as good as this movie. It was really... I watched it religiously when it first came out. I liked it. It was a good show. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I watched it with my dad, but then they changed the time zone which it was in time slot. It was like Sundays 8 o'clock or something, and we watched it every Sunday, and then they changed it to like Monday 10 o'clock or something. Mm. We were like, well, that's it for that series. We're never <laughs> watching that again. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. I, th- I think his character is in season four. He creates a robot or something that like draws the whole character into the Matrix. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like this weird season. It's really fun. Oh, um, fantastic. And he's also in this like British crime parody show called A Touch of Cloth, where he plays a detective called Jack Cloth, and he's saving cloth-based murders or something. <laughs> I, I did love it whenever he was on screen. He's, he's one of my favourites from the series. Definitely same here. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a fun, fun guy. When I was younger, I used to think I would grow up to be like a Rachel Wise type, like intelligent, adventurous, and not, I am 100% a Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that means you'll get a giant diamond off a pyramid at some point. <laughs> put me down, so put me down. That's a, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> good, yeah. Arnold Vuslu is back as Imhotep, a famously Middle Eastern actor. <laughs> that's a joke. Um, he's in the G.I. Joe movies, the G.I. Joe films. He's also the lead in the Darkman sequels. He takes over the mm. role from Liam Neeson uh, for that series of superhero movies. Dude, he was like waterbending in this one. Yeah, he turns into Avatar. He's bald as well. <laughs> yeah, he is the Avatar. But also, he's great. I love, I love them. I like him in the first one. And I like him in this one. Yeah. And I like him in all the other ones. That last scene was so haunting. So heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Just the look he gives her. 
Oh, you get that's what you get for cheating. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. He has a great death, but I'll say his partner has a very average death, which was very disappointing, <laughs> I would say. I didn't remember that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I like his um He's just kind of fed up in this movie, which I think is really funny. He's like, I know what I need to do, and all these pesky mortals keep getting in my way. It's great. Yeah, yeah, like, in the first one, he's, like, this epic monster. It's, like, everyone's terrified. He's running around. He's doing all the shit. And then, like, in this one, he's like, ugh, I have to deal with these fucking people again. God fucking damn it. Mm-hmm. Why are they still here? Uh, I guess I'll go kill the Scorpion King. Whatever. My thing is... Why would you want to take over the world if you've been reincarnated with the love of your life? Like, why can't you just, like, get a nice studio apartment, get a nine-to-five? Or you don't even need to because you're, like, rich anyway with all that, you know, ancient Egyptian gold, you know what I mean? And just, like, live out your life happily in the modern era with... Uh, 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 and What's her name? Uh, I think I think he doesn't know studio apartments exist. <laughs> that's that's the real key to that. Yeah, that's the key to the the mummy. We need to introduce him to studio apartments, and he'll be like, oh, "I've got everything I could ever want just here." Well, because they they don't exist. He died before he could f- find out about studio apartments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So so we got to be like, "Hey, mummy, I know the world's great and everything, but have you seen a studio apartment?" <laughs> Though. Yeah. Nah, dude, dude, they'd 100% be that they'd 100% be that influencer couple that travels the world and like takes Instagram photos together. That would be them. Yeah, they would they would have like a YouTuber family. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the O'Connell kid comes and he like babysits and everyone hates on him online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no. The kid is played by Freddie both would have been eight or nine when filming. He did nothing else after this. Oh, <laughs> oh He's in TV, but this is the only film credit. Oh, he's in TV? Well, that's good. At I least. mean, once you've peaked, you've <laughs> peaked with, like, one of the top movies ever. Like, where do you go from there? Wait, so he's not in the third one? Uh, no, he's not in the third one. Because I, I, the kid is in the third one, right? But I think he's played by an adult. Oh, okay. oh, he's he's grown up. Right, okay, yeah. I honestly couldn't remember. Um, so... Yeah. Oh, the poor, poor British kid. He's great, ain't he? He's good. He definitely delivers his lines and he has wide eyes at some point. <laughs> Listen, you guys are talking shit about his character, but he's the victim of neglect. Like, he got kidnapped because his parents were making out. <laughs> like, that is negligence. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't believe that that's their kid. I think that they <laughs> just... <laughs> They just accidentally... I was an orphan on the street and then some man just picked me up and put me in the house. Now I'm their child. None of them are blonde. I think Jonathan, like, uh, found this kid with the scepter or whatever and was like, all right, you're coming with me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You're part of the family now. And then this kid just randomly appeared. No, he was also a mummy. And then they brought that mummy to... I know, this is too too deep. It's a fan (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And finally, Dwayne The Rock Johnson plays the Scorpion King. This was his first ever movie. Really? Uh, so I think we can forgive him. <laughs> Wait, this is his first ever movie? Yeah, he did the spin-off, and then after that he became more of a movie star. It took him a while, because he was in the Doom movie. I-, I think it was like Race to Witch Mountain when he started becoming popular as an actor. Yeah, well, he, he, he didn't actually act in this movie. He's in, like, the first bit, and he's just kind of there, and he yells a bit. Mm. That That's it. Because the second part of the movie, it's just CGI. It's not The Rock. 
He's not actually in the movie. No, no, no. It's it, and, and that's the bit I was like, oh right, he doesn't even like he doesn't say anything as the Rock. It's just like monster groans. <laughs> he was giving it his all. He was he was giving. They may take our lives, but they may never take our scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. There can be only mummy. I remember that. Uh, 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, very mixed score. Critics saying that it didn't do anything with the characters, instead focused on special effects and a larger scope, perhaps too large a scope, which is fair enough. The audiences disagree, though. 63% audience score, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, and a very high cinema score of A-. Yeah, because it's good. And I think critics have kind of come around to it a little bit. I mean, aside from... The special effects, I think most people like this movie now. They don't make them like this anymore. No. Well, <laughs> Uncharted was a bit like this. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen a movie in years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it just didn't have the same rock scorpion. You know what I'm saying? That's true. It did have flying boats, though. So that's, <laughs> they both Yeah, that is true. Wait, <laughs> they stole flying boats from the, the Mummy Returns. What the heck? They probably did. Uh, so this cost $98 million. Very expensive. Uh, wow. $18 million more than the first one. What do you think it made worldwide in the box office? We'll start with Myrna. Dude, like, easily four or five times that. Come on. Mm. Four or five times that? So you're going to say, like, 400 million, 500 million? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Between four and 500 mil? Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a smart tactic. I like it. <laughs> I'm just guessing what I would pay to see it. <laughs> just for one ticket. Now, uh, I'm going to do a classic maneuver, and I'm going to go 399 minutes. That is rude. <laughs> That's my guess. That is rude. No, no, but ge- genuinely, I think it'd be like 250. Wow, you think only 250? This is this is a big one. This made 400. Oh, shit. 435 million worldwide. Ah, there you go. More than the first one. More than the first one. Nice. More than the first one. Oh, I guess it makes sense. The, like, if the first one's such a success, the second one, you know. Yeah! Big ol' hit. Big ol' hit. Also, I think it's the only big-budget movie we've done on the podcast this year that wasn't a bomb. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. It was big budget. Made big profits. So, well done. All right. There's a tie. There's... There's two taglines. Uh, you got to give them a thumb up or a thumb down. Are they good? Are they bad? The first tagline is, Adventure is reborn. <laughs> I get it, because they're undead. Yep. It's a pun. Uh, thumbs down. <laughs> oh, thumbs down for the pun. What do you think about the pun, Mena? I'm going to give it two thumbs up. Oh, wow. That's just my personal <laughs> opinion, and I've never been wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, that's fair. The most powerful force on Earth is about to be unleashed by two people who should know better. (laughs) They should. should. That's like my first (laughs) note in my notes. It's like, why are they back in a tomb? Last time they resurrected the money. Half the jokes in the movie was like, oh, here we go again. Oh, oh, shucks. I wonder, why did I have to read it? I'm going to give two thumbs up because I literally wrote that down in my notes. What the fuck are they doing? But also, it's not their fault. It's the kid's fault. It's the kid's fault that any of this happens, really. No, it's their fault. They're making out while the kid is... He put on, like, the most dangerous artifact on Earth while they were busy making out, and then he got kidnapped while they were busy making out. I mean, come on. Yeah, they should they should really look at their watch their child a bit more instead of making out. Yeah, that is fair. 
G'day, Kegel here from Aussie rap duo Kegel and Greg. I write funny songs with my true blue bestie Greg, who sounds a lot like Sandro from the podcast you're listening to right now. This episode of Aldi But A Goody is brought to you by our debut album, Keep Em Wondering, which is out right now. Here's a sneak preview of one of the songs. We might not be the richest men alive, but yet we get by, but yet we get by. Yeah, I might not own a Porsche or a mansion or some jewels. I might not have a shed filled with bunny tools. I might not have a water or table-type pool. I might not have cows or chickens or mules, but I get by. Wow, that was amazing. And it's from our debut album, Keep Em Wondering, by Kegel and Greg. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, let's get into the plot of this film. It opens with a flashback to the Scorpion King. He is this big, mean bloke. He doesn't talk, but oh boy, is he definitely Middle Eastern. Mm. <laughs> Just like the rest of the Middle Eastern cast. Uh, we've come far. Um. <laughs> Have we? I'll say we'll come far enough when I'm cast as a lead. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Agreed. That'll be like, all right, now we can stop with the whole... <laughs> 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 so he's like he's a modern day a modern day Genghis Khan no he wasn't he's an olden day Genghis Khan he's trying to take over everything and everyone but he can't he keeps getting defeated so he makes a deal with the god Anubis and then CGI grass grows everywhere and it looks really good and jackals with abs <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh yeah, those jackals looked. Mm, oh boy, they 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 were like, oh right, yes, there's CGI in this film. Yeah. Nah, because how petty was it? Like he he was like, this is this is my last moment. I'm gonna conquer it and then fuck everything, just as long as I conquer them. <laughs> yeah. Level of pettiness. I wrote down Anubis is kind of an asshole. Like. Imagine, imagine, you spent years of your life fighting off the greatest warrior in the land, the the Scorpion King. You finally managed to defeat him, push him into the desert after thousands of your men have died and sacrificed their lives. And he's forced off into the desert. And then he just comes back with an army of Anubis like, yeah, I just got the jackal god, you know? Anyway, you lose now. Also, where were the tents? This is not good war strategy. Shouldn't they have, like, a, at least had, like, a little tent set up? Yeah, probably. Because they, they spent years there. Like, Troy had a whole... Troy had a whole system going on. Yeah, you make a good point. The other thing as well is, like, Anubis is the god of the dead. Why, mm. like, very vain of Anubis to resurrect the dead and then also make them look like him? And not just have an army of zombies. <laughs> yeah, but that, like, I'd, uh, look, if I was an undead god, you know, if I was resurrecting people, I would make them look like me. <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm going to make you look way better as well. Bonus. Little little tack that on for freebie. <laughs> so the reason that the Scorpion King is called the Scorpion King is because he's got a bracelet that has a scorpion on it. Not because he turns into a person with scorpion legs. That's uh, not why he's called the Scorpion King. No, I'm pretty sure it's because he munches down on a big old juicy scorpion. <laughs> no, he was called the Scorpion King before he ate a scorpion. It's yeah, like he, he was. was predestined no, no, to... No, 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 no. This is, I, I'm saying uh, they call him the Scorpion King, but only retrospectively after he's munched down on that scorpion. <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the movie The Scorpion King may call him the Scorpion King. You are what you eat. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, see? That's facts. You can't you can't argue with the facts. 
He really was just like, like that scorpion was just stinging his hand and he was like, oh, I don't care, I'm munching down on you. I mean, what a bloke. yeah, what a, guy, what a guy. So then we cut to 1933, which is when this movie is set and Brendan Fraser is, he's tomb raiding. Uh, and he bumps into his son and is like, ah! Which is just like the audience. As soon as I saw that son, I also had a jump scare. I was like, oh, I forgot about this. Cool, blimey, Sandro, what's wrong with the son? <laughs> I thought he was a great addition to the movie. <laughs> and Rachel Weiss is walking around having, like, waking flashbacks. They're not dreams, they're flashbacks. Yeah. Um, to her previous life. I mean, if anyone's a resurrected Egyptian princess... Mm. I mean, that's fair. That's a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> th- th- this is where I wrote down, like, why are they back here? What? <laughs> Last time you raided some tombs, you resurrected a mummy, and nearly doomed the world. I'm sure that's not going to happen again. Oh, look, it happened it again. Happens again. What were you doing, Brendan? Why do they keep accepting their visa application? <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, good yeah, point. yeah. That is a good point. Like, no, you caused the plagues of Egypt the last time. I'm not going to give you this little stamp. <laughs> yeah, we're not letting you back in. Go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Why don't they go to any other country? Like, why are they back in Egypt as well? Because, like, mm. I'm pretty sure that if I almost died after resurrecting a mummy, I probably wouldn't go back to that country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be like, let's go to, like, uh, China or something. And find some yetis that play basketball. (laughs) That would be be way better. Or do whatever Indiana Jones did. I forgot. Go into the jungle? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He had a white saviour complex and went to India. Oh, yeah. That's what he did. Maybe don't do that, actually. (laughs) Maybe don't kidnap some random Asian kid and go to India. Uh, Well, I think their excuse is she's having, like, flashback dream things. So she's, like... Hey, Brendan, we need to go resurrect some ancient evil. And then they, they have to go. So, you know, I'm just saying they should know better. I agree with the tag. And she comes across a magic box and written on it says, He who disturbs this bracelet shall drink from the Nile. But she opens it. Mm. And therefore the warning doesn't count. Because uh. the warning says he, but she opens it. So they're fine. <laughs> Nothing happens. Uh. I mean, fair on the ancient Egyptians. But then she does drink from the Nile because they get like flooded. Yeah. And then the little the kid rescues them. So thank you, little kid. Oh, Sandro, aren't you thankful that I'm in this film? <laughs> I saved my parents that by kid. accidentally knocking down the pillars. No, I knocked down all the pillars. Oh, that was such a good little reference to the first movie where she knocked down the library uh, little pews. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, Mum and Dad, I can explain. I accidentally caused the whole place to collapse. Whoopsie-daisy. I like as well how, like, he sees these cartoonishly silly goons walking into the tomb. And he's like, you know what's a smart idea? I've got my slingshot. I'm just going to hit him in the bum a bunch of times. I'm going to sling his bum, I am. <laughs> my boy was pulling a Kevin McAllister hundreds of years before Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of years? Look, I'm not good at math. Because <laughs> uh, that kid is blonde, right? And this kid's blonde. So it's the same bloodline, right? Oh, it's all connected. Yeah. 
And fun fact, the, uh, what are they called in Home Alone? The Wet Bandits? Mmm, are they descendants of whatever the fuck these goons were? They're, they're the descendants of these dumb goons. <laughs> so, uh, there's three of them. There's the leader goon. He, he he's he's kind of scummy. He wants more money, you know, classic. You got the yeah. yep. the tall, like, cowardly goon. Yep. Uh, ethnically ambiguous goon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's the everything's fucking cursed. Uh, we can't do any of this sort of goon. Yeah, it was funny. It's like, oh, this is cursed. Oh, that's cursed, you know. Everything's cursed. He should have known better. I also like how they go and tell their bosses that they weren't able to get the bracelet. And, like, just straight off the bat, the bosses are, like, resurrecting the mummy. There's no time wasted. Mm. Like, Let's just get this mummy out of the ground immediately. It's good stuff. Yeah, wow. I was like, uh, oh, okay. We got, we got, we got the mummy straight up. Straight wow, that was quick. Took us, like, half a movie the other day. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. now we just got him again. Well, you get quicker with repetition. It's just a real Groundhog Day situation. It just knows what's <laughs> happening. Uh, oh, the Scarab Beetle effect was still cool. That's a good little effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing that gave me nightmares as a child. Yeah, Yay. You're spooked. I, w- I was wondering if that's why they had so many accidents on set. People just get kept eaten by the by the bugs. <laughs> that's how it kept happening. Uh, they go back to London and uh, Fraser and Weiss, too busy making out, as you mentioned, to notice that the kid puts the bracelet on his wrist and it turns into like a hologram thing. Oh, look, it's like 3D television it is. Which, like, the effect is really cool, but I also just love the kid's face as he's like flying around. It's great. Yeah, he does this. He does that face throughout the movie. He just goes wide eyed and goes, "Ooh, it's really good. It's really good. He, he does that when the mummy or someone threatens to kill him, I think. And then all the bad guys, they come in because they want the bracelet and they followed them to London. We got a pretty fun fight. What a, what a weird sequence. Mm. And my man shows up, Ardeth Bay. Yeah, Ardeth Bay. More like Ardeth Bay. That's <laughs> 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 what I'm talking about. There's a daddy for everyone in this film, you know? Yeah. No, no he's from uh, Resident Evil. He's from Star Trek. He, he's a good actor. He's really good. Bay. <laughs> so the goons, like, the, sorry, the bad guys, because these aren't the goons. The goons are the different ones. Uh, the bad guys enter the house, as but only some of them enter the house, and they go upstairs and capture one random dude in the attic while somehow missing the whole family downstairs that they could see through the window because we had that shot earlier where they saw them through the window but then some of the other goons go down the bottom and start harassing them maybe they ninjured to the top of the house oh not wrong culturally appropriation (laughs) (laughs) but why did they ninja to the top of the house when they already knew that there was people on the bottom. I'm just confused about the whole situation. Well, of course you'd go for the guy who's holding the golden scepter. Like, oh, that's our man. Oh, yeah, because they go for Jonathan and he's got the golden scepter. Yeah. Jonathan does look like the most uh, adventurous of them. So, you know. I like as well how Jonathan's just living with them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's one of those guys. It's like, (laughs) hey, yeah, my... I, I lost my house <laughs> because I'm because I'm the the bank. Uh, you know, it re it re took over my house. So I'm just gonna stay with you guys for a little while. 
three months later, he's still there, you know? Exactly. He's, like, talking about how he'll sell the scepter at some point, but he just keeps using it to bring home babes, <laughs> yep. you know? <laughs> yep, yep. I think it was his house-sitting. Oh, uh, maybe that as well. I imagine him living in a studio apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, there's some fighting, some good stuff for Rachel Weiss. Great at the sword fighting, as always. That was a really cool moment uh, where she sword fights a bunch of guys. Yeah, she's got she's got sword powers because she's resurrected. Yeah, they're sword powers. Yeah, I really like when they teased that in the first movie. Yeah, well, they do kind of tie it into the first one with the like the flashbacks, which I kind of liked. Like they see you see that she witnessed the whole murder of the pharaoh. Oh yeah, which is kind of clever. That was kind of clever. Oh, there's a weird shot where Ardith. He's in a sword fight, and he goes to, like, run one of the bad guys through with his sword, except it's really badly shot. The angle's just slightly off, and you can obviously tell that he's just putting the sword in between, like, the torso and the arm. Mm, mm. That was just this quick shot, and I went, oh, what's that doing there? Oh, I, I, I miss that. Oh, yeah, Ard- Ardith shows up. Just by himself. Yeah, he rocks up with no with no backup. I get. I guess he didn't realize that the bad guys were going to his place, but he overheard them saying, "We're going to thing." Why did Ardith show up with any backup? Ardith, come on! How did he hide his face tattoos when he was undercover? <laughs> <laughs> did no one turn around and be like, "Hey, that that dude's a mag- magi." Yeah, that's also a good point. He used the power of a hood. If you wear a hood, no one can no one can tell who you are. I mean, even with that luscious, luscious hair. Yeah, that's that's the they they don't care about the tattoos. As soon as they see his hair, they're just like, oh shit, that's Ardith with his fabulous hair. My man has hieroglyphics on his forehead. I mean, you should know that he's not a part of your group. Yeah. Mm. Or maybe they were distracted by the hair. That's why they didn't see oh, the tattoos. Yeah. That's a good point. I was distracted by the Hulk the whole movie. I mean, <laughs> come Hulk. Yeah, it's a great little Hulk. I like, so So there's several shots in this movie where they very carefully crop out the character. And I noticed two of them. One is in the in the tomb earlier with the goons, mm. where there's the, all those spiders and scorpions on the ground. Mm. They do a shot where uh, they're climbing over his boots, but you don't see above the boots, and the boots are standing still. So clearly, they've just put some boots <laughs> okay. in 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 like an enclosure with some scorpions and spiders and stuff. Uh, and with the hawk, uh, whenever the hawk lands on his glove. The shot is of just the glove, not ah. the actor. Like when it's flying to it, and then it cuts to him with the hawk on his hand. That's clever. And I thought, oh, that was some good cinematography. Uh, so they realise that the bad guy... Oh, yeah, they kidnap Rachel Weiss. Um, they, oh, yeah. And they realise that the bad guy has probably uh, taken her to the British Museum, which is where the bad guy works. Yeah, because the bad guy works at the British Museum, conveniently. Really, the greatest plot twist of all. (laughs) Yeah. So, this guy has a regular job at the museum, so much that the kid recognises him, and the (laughs) mum, I think. They both recognise him. Mr. Hafez. Also has enough time to go and run a bad guy organisation in... 
Egypt. In Egypt. And 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 grab grab a good old uh, a mummy on the occasion. So I feel like that guy's working pretty hard, you know? What a what a go-getter. And my thing is like if he works at the British Museum, why would he then hold a ritual in the British Museum? Because if you work in the British Museum, you probably care about artifacts, and if you hold a ritual there, all the artifacts will be destroyed. Pretty careless thinking. On the part of... Uh, yeah, but he's also got all the, the mummies there. All the pots ready to be the army of what's-his-face, right? Uh, I guess. I think it's more about a time thing. It's like they could spend the time to take all these artifacts out of it. But, like, you know, what, what's what's resurrecting a mummy without breaking a few artifacts, you know? <laughs> Good point. You've got everything there already. It's so convenient. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, look, a few ancient relics are going to get destroyed, you know... It happens, but you, you get to resurrect a mummy. So Fraser and uh, and Jonathan, I think, and also, yeah, the Magi, they rock up. Oh, Brendan Fraser has, like, a Magi tattoo. Uh, they don't really ever explain that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a interesting one. Because he's an orphan, right? Yeah. Yeah. They slap that on him at the orphanage. They just, <laughs> they're just out here tattooing people. Yeah. Yeah, my, my concern was that... Um, he does this whole thing where he's like, what if I told you I was a traveller from the East? Then I would tell you I am a traveller from the West seeking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They never explain why Brendan Fraser knows that. Like, a tattoo you could just put on a child. What's the child gonna do, you Probably know? scream a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, look, that's a... Yeah, that's another problem. Uh, who cares? Screaming child? there. Uh, but like... Did they then indoctrinate the child? Did they, like, make him repeat this statement over and over again? Because, like, he knows the thing to say, right? Yeah. But they never explained that bit. Anyway, uh, the mummies reforming, they rock up, they shoot their way out, they save Rachel Weiss, and they escape from uh, uh, Imhotep's zombie army. Yeah. Well, not army, it's just four guys. But they escape on a double-decker bus, and it's a really good action sequence. It's probably the best one, but I'm also really biased. I love action sequences on the buses. I think the buses make the best place to set an action sequence on. And it really showed, like, uh, landmarks of London, just like they showed all these landmarks in Egypt when they went. So I really yeah. like that aspect of the films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where did he get the bus from? He's just like, oh, I've broken the key in the car, and then and then two seconds later, he's got a double-decker bus? What? Mm. He's Jonathan! I mean, it is Jonathan, though. He is, he's got that magical summon bullshit powers. Oh, yeah, so, no, he does, have that. Plot, he does have plot that. convenient powers, because he also has the... the a rod which turns into the spear later on. Yes. But worth for Jonathan, this movie couldn't have happened. I'm just saying, true hero of the franchise. Right? Right? That's what I'm saying. Also, he was the one that found the first, um, what was it? The first thing that, like, set everything off. Like, that set Eve, because he purchased it from Rick. Oh, yeah. So, literally, without Jonathan, this whole movie franchise would not have happened. That's true. I like the moment when the zombies destroy Brendan Fraser's car and he says the classic line, Oh, I hate mummies. <laughs> <laughs> well, then why did you marry one, Brendan Fraser? Hey-oh. Hey-oh. Hey I like the bit where he loses the shotgun and then she picks up the shotgun, blasts, blasts a mummy. Boom, boom, boom. Bang, bang. Oh, it was kind of weird when, because uh, they think that they've escaped and then the goons run out and grab the kid. 
Well, they were snogging. So. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's over one of those bridges that can, like, open up to let the boats through. Mm. And so Brandon Fraser, he, like, he runs up the bridge and jumps over. Except we never see him jump over. We only see him land on either side of the bridge. I'm not sure if he jumped. No, he didn't. Or if he, he, he attempted he, like, to. So the, the, the bridge was going up. So what happened is, uh, this confused me for a second as well. He jumps, but he jumps upwards not forwards that's what i was thinking he jumps yeah. upwards to grab grab the ledge because it's getting too steep he just didn't ha- they just didn't have enough money to like show the the a- aerial shot with his like legs mm. making that walking motion as he's like trying to get to the other side <laughs> yeah. it, it was weird though that the goons stopped like they sent one of their goons to the bridge specifically so he could divide the bridge up so the good guys couldn't follow them. It was like, well, that was very forward thinking. I don't know. Were they tra- They had 10 years to plan this shit. Yeah. They were ready. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so they planned for Jonathan to steal a double-decker bus? Of course they would. What are you talking about? That's uh, the most logical thing that would happen. Yeah. We're in London, baby. That's true. I'm, I'm clearly, I, I clearly missed all this. I'm, I'm so sorry for, for, <laughs> for, for my questions, officer. They go back to Cairo. Time to go back to Cairo. Let's go. The mummy's walking around in like a Darth Vader outfit. He's even putting on the voice. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. In that he's just got a very deep voice. That's the only Darth Vader connection, really. He's in an all black suit and he's making, oh, kid, hello. <laughs> Alex, I am your mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me let me redo that with a better impression because I think I was doing Bane. Hold up. <clears throat> Master Stark? <laughs> oh no! Cripes! Oh, he's such a sassy kid as well. He's like, Mister, I don't behave for my parents. What makes you think I'll behave for you? Yeah, the, the lady's like, oh, because I'm going to put snakes in your bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what a weird threat. Couldn't you just say, oh, because we'll kill you? Yeah. But instead she's like, no, I'm going to put snakes in your bed while you're asleep. That's a very specific threat. It's the anticipation. Uh, the good guys, however, they've come across Izzy. Izzy's back. <laughs> Yay! Oh, wait, no, he's not back. He's only in this movie. Yeah, I was about to say, wait, when is he in the first one? Because the pilot of the other one's like an old British dude. Yeah, no, he's only in this one. Oh, yeah, my God rest his soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P., what a soldier. He's funny. He's pretty funny. I liked his butt jerks. Mm. I got shot in the arse. Brendan Fraser, last time we did something, I got shot in the ass. I'm still mourning for my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, and he also said, uh, if you give me that gold stick, Jonathan, you can shave my hair, wax my legs, and use me as a surfboard. Ew. <laughs> Whoa. I'd, I'd let Brendan Fraser do that to me anyway. I don't need a golden star for that one. Ew. <laughs> Something, something, you just need a rod instead. I don't know. Whoa. Anyway, he's got a hot air balloon boat thing that uses gas. Yeah. For some for some reason, I thought when they had the water thing, I was like, oh, but they're in an airship, right? So the ship's going to be able to go on the water. Yeah. But that that's not a thing that happens. I thought, I thought maybe it would convert to a, like an actual ship or something. 
He would have been handy if he was a surfboard then. Yeah, that's true. Mm, ah, good that's point. True. Oh, foreshadowing. Chekhov's <laughs> human Chekhov's. surfboard. <laughs> so there's like this nighttime scene where all the actors are up against a green screen uh, and they're all mm. talking and stuff. And Rachel Weiss has a vision. That's so Rachel. <laughs> it's the future. It's the past. She can see. That's so Rachel. Not mysterious to her. Yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack here was amazing. Yeah. I really yeah, loved that part. Very, I don't think uh, the, the Disney Channel show had started airing yet. So they really just. Yeah. They really predicted that whole Raven thing. It was good. Literally predicted the predictions. Yeah. And what happens in this scene, Myrna? This is the scene that you like a lot. And it's, it's, it's a pretty good mm, one. Tell us all about it. I looked at reviews for this film and all of them have mentioned the scene in some way or another. <laughs> it's a very... Mm. Uh, iconic scene. Iconic uh, scene, yeah. I think what you mean is uh, the best scene ever captured on film. Mm. Uh, best fighting sequence. Uh, best actor. Oh, when she says, put your mask on. Oh, come on. It's pretty... It really predicted the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got to put their mask on. Oh, damn. I didn't even think about that. It's a smart movie. Anurkhun Sinamun. can't pronounce her name. But yeah, the choreography for that was like epic. Yeah, mm. flipping all over the place. Why did they take their masks off to begin with? Listen, it adds a certain level of tension because she's like teasing her. She's like, you can't, you can't protect the bracelet. You're not strong enough. And she's like, well, watch this. I don't even care. And then, pew, 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 and then they're, they're fighting. <laughs> she, and then she shoots and lasers. Then the, the swords. And then she gets those axes. And then, pew, 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 pew. What's she shooting with? <laughs> Her axes. Did you not listen? Oh. She just said it. <laughs> okay, I don't know the right terminology. <laughs> I guess you can tell I was focused on other things. <laughs> Again, one hour, six minutes, and 53 seconds into yeah, the film. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good... It's good. Uh, really the awakening for many things, this sequence, I reckon. For a lot and of not people. just the mummy um, that awakened. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Don't know if you guys noticed, but they're rather skimpy in these scenes. I what? Thought. I, I I I did not notice that at all. And all the pharaohs are shirtless as well. Yeah, all the pharaohs. There's one pharaoh. All the other guys. All the other <laughs> guys. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a pharaoh, and then there's the mummy who kills the pharaoh. Does that mean he becomes the pharaoh? Wait, no. He was the he was the high priest. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's but high then, priest. Yeah, he's the high priest. But then he kills the pharaoh. And as everyone knows, if you kill the pharaoh, you become the pharaoh. <laughs> Yeah, because Rachel Weiss is the pharaoh's daughter mm. and is the keeper of the amulet or something. And yeah. Imhotep, the mummy, wants wants the amulet and so uh, plans with his lover to kill. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. Da, da, da. I couldn't remember that scene quite well when I was younger because I was distracted by something and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> The incredible sword fighting choreography. Yes, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was distracted by the fact they took off their masks. And they're <laughs> Why did you do that? You literally, like, put your mask back on, but then they just don't. They don't do it. I'm like, put your mask back on. That's so safety hazards. I mean, uh, anyway. They really don't mention the fact that uh, the recast version of Evie in number three is, like, the reincarnated Nefertiri. That never comes up in the third film. Yeah. Well, it's a different actor, so it's oh. clearly not. <laughs> yeah. Did we ever find out why they recast her? Uh, Rachel Weisz had a baby. Oh. And also just didn't like the script, which is fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. It's a shame, though. I wish we could have had a few more 
proper manga movies, you know? So back to present day, they're tracking the kid because the kid keeps making sandcastles so they can follow him around Egypt. Oh, yes, I'm making sandcastles and somehow the bad guys aren't noticing I'm repeatedly doing this over and over again. <laughs> no, because he's so good at annoying them, they just leave him alone. They're just <laughs> yeah. like, well, we tied his leash, we're done with this. That's true, yeah. He's so unbelievably annoying, no one wants to go <laughs> near him. Exactly. And he uses this multiple times, like, to escape via the toilet. Oh, yes. To... <laughs> To, to to build sandcastles that they don't see. Speaking of which, that toilet is the worst-looking toilet I've ever been to, and I've been to at least two bars. Uh, I've seen worse, I feel. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, yeah, I've seen worse public toilets in Melbourne. <laughs> but not much worse. But eventually the mummy realises that he's been leaving the sandcastles and he's like, ha-ha, well, you've led them here, which means that I can make a water rise with my face. <laughs> Last time it was sand, this time it's water. Yeah. And so the, the, they've got to fly away from giant water face. And it was pretty good. This is a good sequence. Now, I was, a, I was a little confused here. Somehow the heroes got in front of the guys they were following. Maybe they went the wrong direction. No, because they're flying and that there's a train track is set. Right. So they, they managed to fly slightly ahead of the bad guys here, I think. And then... Above the mountains. But, uh, but they were still following the trail of the kid. But anyway, it's fine. Um, then, yeah, they get, they get washed ahead. Yeah, and the boat crashes, and they can't, like, put it back in the air. Ironically, the boat, the boat gets hit by a wave. Yeah. And crashes. In the Sahara, that's, that's not what you'd expect. Oh, well, they land in the oasis, though, so it's all, uh, it's yeah. all just full of wonder walls. <laughs> that's a bad joke. Yeah. That's not good. I said, baby, you gotta be the one to resurrect me. <laughs> <laughs> And after all, you're my immortal. Again, the soundtrack was amazing in this film. Yeah, yep. Please cut all the sound. No, it's painting. <laughs> you sing it, it's in. It's in the film. It's canon. There's a pretty funny quote where Izzy is like, you want me to get this back up in the air? This thing runs on gas. Where am, where am I going to get gas in it? Am I going to get gas from bananas? From mangoes from Tarzan's ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. It's a good line. So we know Disney exists in this universe. Oh, good point. And mm. then he goes on to fund. Uh, then he goes on to create. That's a raven. <laughs> mm, yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh yeah, Izzy is absolutely the one who makes that's a raven for sure, for sure. So yeah, they've landed in the oasis and they see the golden pyramid with the diamond on top, which is where they've got to take the amulet. It winks at them. It did the thing. I was like, I, I noticed it, it winked at them and I was like, oh, it did the thing. Ooh, who's a flirty pyramid head? You're a flirty pyramid head. Chekhov's flirty diamond. Ooh, <laughs> pyramid head. Silent Hill came from this as well. Interesting. Oh, no. That explained the CGI. <laughs> um. Uh, and they're walking through the jungle uh, with a bunch of other people also show up. I think all the bad guys are there now as well, right? Yeah, they're also so, following so they, they set up, like, an ambush for the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, where they've got, like, Jonathan and e Evie on the, the top cliff area, question mark, sniping. Yes. And then, and then uh, Brendan and uh, Fabulous Hair 
uh, down on the 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 ground, ready to. Um, I think you mean Ardith Bay. <laughs> Ardith Bay. Bye. Um, Bye. <laughs> uh, is on the ground. Oh, Horace gets shot though, guys. Oh R. yeah, R. Horace. No, no. Oh my god. Yeah, that completely broke my heart. Because they were using uh, Horace to contact all the other Magi who show up at the end. Mm, they're important. But then, but then, in the jungle, all the bad guys get attacked by minions. I mean... <laughs> oh, no. By pygmy mummy babies <laughs> things. Yep. They're like little pygmy monkey things. Yep. Don't know what exactly they were, but they were there. They were undead. They got blow darts. Surprisingly, some of the best CG in the movie yeah. were those little pygmies. Well, I guess they're, uh, they're like small, so they're easier to animate. The part where the part where Jonathan is like, oh, let's go over here. It's sacred ground. They can't <laughs> enter it. And then they both enter and then he's, and he gets like shot with the spear and he's like, oh, my bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, yeah, because one of them uses the spear as, like, a long jump thing to launch itself off the ground and then just <laughs> lands in the guy's chest. Yeah. My bad. But Brendan Fraser, he picks up the kid and runs. He races the dawn to get into the pyramid so that the kid can live. And they make it into the pyramid. Uh, but, Myrna, what happens with Rachel Weiss? No, she comes out of nowhere and then she just, like, stabs her bro. Oh, no. She just, like, stabs her. Oh, my God. I was not expecting that as a kid. Dude, I was, like, bawling my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. If only there was a kid who read ancient Egyptian and a, a book that conveniently brings people back to life. Yeah, even as a kid, I was like, don't they have a book that can just resurrect her? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the first movie. They were doing a whole death thing. They were thing. doing heaps of that, yeah. This is a superhero moment. She's going to be resurrected in the next movie. I was wrong. They're going to be resurrected in the next five minutes, you know. Wait, does that mean that she's immortal now? Also, like, I expected them to be a little more emotional. But they were, like, so calm about it. They were like, no, we don't have time. They're about to... The Scorpion King. Anyway, the Scorpion King, oh... uh, Takes away Imhotep's powers, makes him mortal. uh, Because that's something that you can do, apparently. (laughs) Great. Yeah, yeah. It makes the whole point of the, like, rest of the movie kind of mute, where they were like, oh, we're going to resurrect the mummy so he can fight the Scorpion King, and when he's at full power, he'll just wreck the Scorpion King. Yeah. But then that doesn't happen. Hey, they came to his house. It's his rules. That's a good point. If they wanted to have a fair fight between a half-scorpion gigantic creature, a man who was a mummy two seconds ago, (laughs) he didn't have skin two seconds ago. That's true. They came over to the Rock's house, and he's cooking dinner. (laughs) (laughs) But Sandro, (laughs) what is The Rock cooking? Oh, that's the wrong one. (laughs) Anubis is an asshole. Oh, yeah. He's just a dick, you know? Ah, It's God of the Dead. What do you expect? Yeah, you've come here to defeat my Scorpion King that I gave powers to? Fuck you. No powers for you. I'm just saying Anubis. It's like, oh, I'll take away the powers of you, but I'll give powers to the Scorpion King, make him a big... CGI blob scorpion. And that's what happens. Brendan Fraser and Imhotep are fighting, but boom! CGI scorpion walks through the doorway. It's that scene that you've seen thousands of times on the internet, and everyone's fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a hundred videos of we're VFX artists, and we're fixing this scene. Everyone does it. It's a rite of passage. Yeah. 
I just thought The Rock spoke in the scene, but I looked for it and he never actually speak. Like he he like talks to the mummy in Arabic or whatever. But like that's not The Rock talking. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's some yeah, yeah. That's some mummy voice actor because he does the same noises as a regular mummy as well. He does the the same thing, noise sound effects that all the mummies make. Yeah. But yeah, so The Rock wasn't actually there for any of this. Yeah, almost definitely not. Because he gave away... He gave away his soul. Like, of course he wouldn't be there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, he's oh, dead. good point. He sold his soul to Anubis and Universal Pictures. Ha, ha, ha. Look, it's a pretty famous scene, but I don't think it's the worst CGI in the movie. I mean, it's not good. It's not very good, particularly the face. But it's not like... Again, it's not Time Cop. We talked about this last week. It's not even driven. That CGI rain in that movie that we did last week. Oh, yeah, that was awful. That was worse than this. Like, it's not that bad CGI. Yeah, but that that movie made 66 million and was a flop. Yeah. Whereas this movie made, what was it? 435. 435, and everyone saw it. Uh, and yeah, the Scorpion King's running around, uh, the killing people, kills that guy that works at the museum, just tears him into four pieces with one hand. I, I don't know how that works. I like how he he's goes, hey, the mummy, save me. And the guy goes, why? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what's the point? That was good. That was yeah, good. what's the point? That's great. And then Brendan Fraser sees, uh, drawn into the wall... A picture of magi with the spear. The golden scepter turns into a spear and you use it to kill something that looks just like the rock. Life hack. Uh, And he's like, oh, maybe I do believe in fate now. So he's like, Jonathan, give me the spear. (laughs) And he's like, I don't have a spear. It's like the scepter. It turns into a spear. Jonathan's like, oh, let me figure this out. And then here's what happens. I wrote this scene down uh, word for word because I really wanted just to capture it. So Jonathan throws the spear, but then Imhotep catches it and throws the spear. But then Fraser captures it and then falls into a pit, but then stabs the Scorpion King. And Imhotep does the dumbest dramatic no pose I think I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so dumb because he, like, walks up to them, like, runs up to them so he can do this dramatic no it's like a theater play no it turns into shakespeare i loved it yeah yeah. it was very funny i think i laughed out loud at that moment (laughs) yeah and yeah scorpion king disintegrates uh yeah he gets thanos snapped yeah and Myrna, what happens then? Um, well, Captain America and Iron Man, they all, like, get together mm. in the time travel. <laughs> oh, wait, you mm. mean this movie? Mm. Oh, it's the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, what a, what a knee slapper right there. <laughs> oh. Tell you what, that's America's joke that you just made. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I could write essays about this this one scene right here because he's like looking at Evie and he's like putting her first, right? Because that's like romance. He's like, no, you you leave, right? That's the scene you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, you you leave because I'd rather you be safe. I don't I don't care about these uh, bugs that are gonna like eat me alive. And she's like, no, I'm gonna risk my life for you. And then our boy Imhotep sees and he's like, 
wow, I, I want that, hashtag couple goals. But then, you know, his, his what he says wrong is he says, save me. But see, you see, Brendan doesn't, I mean, Rick O'Connell doesn't say save me. Mm. He was like prepared to sacrifice himself. But then she sees that and she's like, nah. And then, and then they both realize that they've, they're better off alone and they, they leave each other and that heartbreaking moment, this look in his eyes as he just like, well, I guess it's over now. Whoops. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, really caused a mess, uh, this whole situation. And yeah. yeah. God looks at them like, ah, oh, shit, I kind of fucked everything up for this woman and now <laughs> she just left me. All she wanted to do was read a book, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, dear me. He gives that kind of look, like, ah, sorry, man. Whoops, I kind of, I kind of wrecked the, the, everything for this girl, and then she just left. <laughs> and then, uh, then he lets go. And what does she do? She runs. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. She falls into a pit of beetles, but I spelt it like the band and not the actual animal. <laughs> <laughs> She's like- she falls into a pit of beetles. <laughs> Imagine there's a bunch of scarabs. <laughs> I, I wrote down. It's like, oh. We we have this super dramatic death for the mummy. Like his his love that he's literally sacrificed lifetimes for mm. has just abandoned him and he regrets everything and has this dramatic death. And she runs over and trips over and falls in some some bugs. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know? I was really hoping yeah. for more of a dramatic death for her, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, maybe she sees the uh the scorpion bracelet or whatever. Oh, and she wants that, and then she yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. like she she like passes by that statue and she spots the bracelet and then she goes for it, but then like the floor caves in and then there's bugs. Yeah, definitely. Like just like two seconds for her maybe to get like stuffed up by greed or something. Yeah. She was one of the two main bad guys. I'm just just come on. But uh then they leave the pyramid. Uh Izzy's at the top with the balloon boat and they jump in the balloon boat yeah. and they fly away and Jonathan's like, I want the diamond that's on the top that's on the top of the pyramid and then he grabs it and they fly off into the sunset. Pull me down! Pull me down <laughs> And that is the mummy returns. That's the whole film. That is what it is. It delivers exactly what it promises, and it's a really fun adventure. Um, yeah, I liked, I really liked watching it as a kid. Yeah, it's a solid kids' film. Probably better than the first one is as, as a kids' film, because the first one does attempt a little bit of spookums, whereas this one's mm. a little bit more tame. Also, Amo Bay, or whatever the fuck he's called, he uh, okay. he's fighting an army of, of, of Anubis, by the way. We didn't really mention that. Oh, yeah, no, he's just being a bad... Where's David Hasselhoff? Because I'm Baywatching during this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he's kicking ass in this army, defending the world while all this is happening. It was, it was pretty good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, friends. My name is Patrick Little, host of A Little History Podcast. If you like to learn about history a little differently, then A Little History Podcast has you sorted. Join me for Season 1, titled A Mythology Apology, as we discuss some of humankind's oldest stories. 
nothing is off limits as we tackle some of the well-known and not so well-known stories from various mythologies and folklore from around the world. We've got a house on chicken legs, a bloke with a hundred eyes, a talking frog, plenty of shit kings, and gods and goddesses doing what gods and goddesses do. All this and more is waiting for you just to click away. Sometimes I'll have a guest coming in cold, and sometimes it's just you and me. So drink them if you got them, and join us for a bit of shit talking and a lot of fun. My name is Patrick Little, and this is a Little History Podcast. It's our history, but like you've never heard it before. Alright, Mona, well, what are you going to rate this? Is this an oldie or a goodie out of our incredibly binary and rigged rating system? What are you going to give this? Oh, goodie, of course. Absolutely. Big old goodie for The Mummy Returns. How about you, Zach? Uh, I, I love this film. I, I love this film. Uh, obviously, the CGI doesn't really hold up, but that's, mm. that's kind of the charm of this movie. Mm. That's mm. part Definitely. of the whole experience is the the CGI and how far we've come. But like, I I really like the story of this movie and its world building. Unlike other movies uh, that uh, in the first movie they do all the world building and then no one wants to go see another one. Yeah. Um. Instead, this is going off the the first one and it's like, hey. We're going to build a whole bunch of this world and stuff. It's really cool. I really hope the third one is good. I want to go back to it. I remember some moments being pretty cool. I, I watched it. I watched it. I remember the ending fight scene where they're like fighting in the Great Wall or something. I don't remember. Yeah, it's cool. Jet Li's there and he's like, I can actually fight. Yeah. Uh, I read this goodie. 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 Um, two goodies. All right. This is a goodie, I do. It's a fantastic <laughs> Film cinema experience. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a... I think I'm going to give it a goodie as well. I think it's really helpful that I haven't seen the first one in a while, because I think if I did watch the first one before watching this, it would be heavily overshadowed, because mm. the first one is a bit better written and everything. But this is a really fun blockbuster, you know? It's just it's just dumb fun, and that's what you want sometimes, you know? It's good stuff. So yeah, I'm going to give it a goodie as well. In terms of sequels, uh, in 2002, we got the Scorpion King spin-off movie that launched a franchise of direct-to-video films that only dads watch. Oh, we need to watch this. Uh, sure. <laughs> he gets replaced by, like, a white guy in the second film. It's just... Oh, oh my god. Wait, The Rock gets replaced? The Rock gets replaced by a white what? guy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. so dumb. It's really stupid. That's... Oh my god, that's so dumb. That is so dumb on every level. But in terms of direct sequels, uh, there is a TV show, an animated TV show that started airing just after this movie called The Mummy that focuses on the kid, oh. uh, but the adults are also in it. But yeah, it focuses on the kid, animated TV show, they're off doing adventures. I think I saw an episode of it and didn't like it as a kid, but uh, it's out there. Oh, thank goodness, he was my favourite character of this film, <laughs> was the British child. Oh, Finn! Diddly-testic. And then, of course, in 2008, The Mummy, Tomb of the, Dra- uh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, about the Terracotta Warriors, came out. It, it, mm. it made a lot of money, uh, but I think that was Brendan Fraser soft-retired just after that, uh, which is fair enough, mm. so they didn't make any more. Until the Tom Cruise film, which was awful, and is technically a sequel, because The Book of the Dead is in it. 
Well, it's kind of like a spin-off, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what we're doing this year, Myrna, like, when you were on the show last year, it was a while last year. When you were on the show last time, um, it was a little while ago. Back then, we were pitching sequels, I think, right? So, what we're doing instead this year, we're not pitching sequels, right? Because we're doing movies from 2001. Who cares about sequels? They all flop. We don't need them. What we need is crossovers. Whoa. Yeah. We got, like, Alien versus Predator... Uh, some other crossovers that definitely existed. Um, yeah, uh, it was just full of crossovers. Yeah, I've got a random number generator. Uh, it's got every episode number that we've done. I'm going to generate a random number. Then we've got to come up with a crossover between The Mummy and the film we reviewed on that episode. Ooh, hopefully it's one I know. Well, I've just pressed it. Oh, bo- oh boy. Uh, okay, the the number is 151. Now, oh. this is a bit of a funny question. We record on Skype, and Zach and I, we, we like to change our profile pictures uh, to weird scenes from movies. Uh-oh. Mona, when we first started calling, what did you say my picture was from? I thought it was uh, Teen Wolf 2, but it was actually The Luck of the Irish. Yes, but mm. you did say, is that from Teen Wolf 2? And episode 151 is Teen Wolf 2. Oh! <laughs> oh, no. oh, they're both sequels as well. Oh my goodness. So a crossover between The Mummy and Teen Wolf. <laughs> Dude, that that's just Teen Wolf the TV show. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense because just the Teen Wolf is just another one of these, you know, Angsty magical things that are happening in these worlds. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It's Brendan Fraser has to kill Teen Wolf. There's a mummy that's reincarnated, but it has, like, the werewolf uh, mutation. Mm. So when it's reincarnated, it starts biting people, but they're not mummies, they're werewolves. And Brendan Fraser's parents. Also a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, we go more into his family backstory. <laughs> Again, this is very fan fiction And then we have, like... Some ancient werewolves, all right? Like an ancient lineage of evil werewolves. Well, werewolves, but they wear armor. Yeah, that makes them evil. Evil werewolves. The the moon knights. Mm. Full moon knights. It could be like the high school bully is also one of those, right? Oh, yeah, for the kid. But but he he has this arc where he's like acting all evil, but in the end he turns good guy. He turns good. Like he's like, I don't want to murder my high school compadre that I also maybe bullied at one point. Oh, and also while he's in high school, he meets this girl in in school, oh, God. and she's um she's actually a lot older than you think. Uh, and comes from a family uh, called the Cullens. Where have you been, Loka? Oh, just mummified for thousands of years? Uh... What a mess. It's called The Mummy, A Rise of the Wolf. And then, yeah, the tagline is, (laughs) How long have you been, 17? Brendan Fraser, a woo. A woo. (laughs) All right, next segment. (laughs) Well, it is time for r- 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 raving reviews. Woo! Uh, it's a it's a part of the show where I get reviews from the best place to get reviews, Rotten Tomatoes. But I don't get it from those stinky old critics because they don't Smelly. know what they're talking about. Clearly, Ew. they gave this what a forty percent. It's clearly a six six sixty three percent minimum minimum. 
Uh, so I get it from the audience, because everyone knows that the audience knows exactly what they're talking about. Something about crowd logic. Mm. So what I've done is I've grabbed five of the most mediocre reviews I could have possibly grabbed. And then, as a, as a little twist now, I'm adding my own review to the mix. While you guys are guessing the scores, just listen out. And at the end, you guys can pick one of the reviews to be to be my review. If you get it correct, you get an extra point. Uh, which one calls Brendan Fraser daddy? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely that one. That one's your review. <laughs> mm, all right, one second. I need to come up with a new review. What's that? No. Uh, <laughs> So, the, the way this works is I'll read you out the review, then you have to guess between 0.5 and 5 for the score that they rated it. Remember, there's 0.5s. Closest wins, or...? Yeah, we'll do closest wins. Yeah, we'll do cool. closest wins. Bliss says, it's like comfort food. Uh, 4.5. Ooh, 4.5. Yeah, comfort food is quite high. I'm gonna go 3. Ah, that one's actually 5 out of 5. Ooh! Ah, five out of five. Closest wins, so... Nice, nice. No, no, you get a point. All right. Kelly says, The first one was big, dumb fun. This was just all out effing stupid. Uh, just, uh. Uh, just, uh. Sandro, what did you think? Ah, uh, two out of five. I'll guess two out of five. Oh, I was going to guess 2.5, but I'm going to change it to 1.5. Kelly rated this 0.5. Oh. So that gives you another point, I believe, because you are the closest. This movie is a movie that just keeps giving since my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Orby says, past the time, same rating as the first one. Three. So you're saying they rated the first one a three? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. People might not have the same taste as me. Yeah, but also they rated this as the same one as the first mm, one the for some one. reason. But it just passed the time. Mm. I'm going to go... I'll go 3.5. All right. Well, it's three out of five. Oh. So you got it right. There you go. What is up this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Three points on the board. Yeah, but uh, Orby rated the first one a three out of five? Very rude. Yeah, pretty rude. I don't agree with that one. Uh, Steve says... The special effects are a train wreck and the story is convoluted. Still, the cast is a blast and it makes it fun. Hmm, okay. Sounds like a solid uh, three again in a row. I'm guessing three. Uh, 2.5. I'm hacking the system. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, this time it's three out of five. Hey! Oh! <laughs> Ah, so this time your your sneaky little tactic doesn't quite work, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, the use of the word atrocious just kind of yeah, was impactful. Garen says, uh, the special effects are great, but other angles need improvement. Oh, art for four. It sounds like a, a review you'd give if you love something. If the only thing this person has to say about this movie that's good is the special <laughs> effects... <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna go two. I'll go two. You go two. Oh, it's three out of five. Oh, I both get a point. Uh, so you both get a point because you're both the closest. And then we've got the uh, the final review uh, by Isaac, who says this m movie and especially its CGI quotation mark rocks. Har har har. It's the rock. Oh boy. It's the rock. Oh boy. <laughs> If that's yours, I swear to God. 
Five out of five. Five out of five. Uh, four out of five. <laughs> ah, it's four out of five. Hey. Sandra gets that one. All right. So the points are I'm on three. Myrna, you're on four. All right. So it, it, it comes down to the guessing which one is my one. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I would probably say the last one out of all of those. You think I wrote har har? Yeah, I do think you wrote har har. <laughs> oh, rude, absolute scandalous. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of a good pun, but just for the sake of having a different one than Sandra, I'm gonna pick the one where it says, "Wait, what was the first, second one again?" Uh, the the first one is it's like comfort food. And that was five out of five. All right, I'll pick. I'll pick that one for you. Oh. Just for the sake of having a different answer. That's fair. Unfortunately, oh. it was this movie, and especially its CGI rocks. <laughs> 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 I hate that that was your one. Yeah. And we're tied with four points. Tied with four points. I'm happy with a tie. Well, that is the episode uh, right there. Thank you so much for joining us, Myrna. What did you have to plug? Do you have things to plug your YouTube? Uh, yeah, please check out my YouTube channel. It's uh, Myrna, M-E-E-R-N-A. I talk about books and I might talk about other things in the future. Uh, who knows? I like the sound of my own voice. Uh, I know that was a lie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, please, please like and subscribe. You and oh and I keep forgetting to plug it, but you also made the artwork for the Kegel and Greg album, which is hey. out right now uh, on all your favorite streaming platforms. Listen to it if you want. You made the artwork to that; it looks fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. It was on. Un- uh, it's wait, hold up. <clears throat> it's an honor to uh, like be able to bring your vision to life because you guys are really talented. Oh yeah, and, you- and you've got like an art Instagram as well, where that people can check out. I'll probably link that. Do little cartoons. It's all under Myrna. <laughs> uh, we, though, are also on, on Instagram at Oldie Butter Goodie Pod. We're on Facebook, same address. Uh, we've got personal profiles as well that you can check out if you want. Uh, we are on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Oldie Butter Goodie Pod. Uh, $1 will get you the ad-free feed of this show. Upwards of $5 will get you a bunch of bonus content, including a brand new bonus episode that's dropping on Wednesday, which is a review of an 80s teen comedy about a bunch of teens who are forced into a raft race. Ooh. Yay, I can't wait. Cannot. We do get to do Memento after that, though, so Ooh. at least there's a, <laughs> there's an upside. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Or river, in this case. Oh, or the... The beginning of the tunnel, if you're going to do Memento. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, because you're going back to the start. Yeah. Hey, uh, but yeah, that is one way to help us out. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'll give you a shout out. Speaking of shout outs, shout out to Josh Cake, who made our theme song. Check out his work and also check out other shows from the That's Not Canon Productions network. Uh, that's not canon.com. Always massive thanks for them for, for getting us on board. Uh, and with all of that said, Zach, I believe you have to read out a bunch of words. I do. And the words have meaning. The meaning is the movies that next week you have to choose from. Whoa! I know. Crazy, right? So, the first movie uh, option you have is uh, Ginger Snaps. Yummy. Uh, yummy. Yeah, delicious. Except it's a horror film about two teenage sisters who go a little too far with their uh, fascination with death. Oh, no. So when it says ginger, it means the 
the the sisters and when it says snaps it's what they do to your spine is that what that means okay (laughs) yeah the king is alive tourists are stranded in the african desert to help keep spirits alive one of them tries to get a group to put on shakespeare's king lear oh uh, a knight's tale oh i've heard of that yeah i've watched it many a times (laughs) A film set in the medieval times with uh, Heath Ledger as a jousting champion. Yeah, I've got that on DVD. It's good fun time. Yeah, I think we had that one on VHS, actually. Yeah. But anyway, Pulse, which is a Japanese techno horror. Ooh. Uh, It's a cult film featuring two stories about ghosts invading the world through the internet. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, what do you think, Myrna? I feel like A Knight's Tale is the obvious choice, right? <laughs> you know I'm going to pick. You know which one I'm going to pick. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, we, like, we've like we done... We've just done a bunch of like popular movies that people recognise. Don't skip over The Knight's Tale, Sandro. I'm just like... But the thing with The Knight's Tale, you know, it's, it, it's good. And we know it's good. Yeah. And ghosts coming out of the internet sounds funny. Oh, no. <laughs> Sandro, no. Also, r- recently, I have been reading a lot of Japanese techno horror, like uh, The Ring... The book that that's based off, The Girl Coming Out of the Video Cassette. I read that recently, and I'm kind of in the vibe for some J-horror. Didn't you pick Driven? Yeah, but but that, yeah, yeah look, <laughs> don't question the way that I work. You, wow, wow, wow. He hits that with a don't question me. Wow. He has a brand. You picked something bad recently, and I can't remember what it, you picked Crocodile Dundee 3. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is true. That is true. Hey, but that meant I watched the first two and they were pretty good. At least the first one was really good. I think A Knight's Tale, uh, we should review that at some point for sure. Oh, you, you say chuck that on the Patreon list and you want to watch Pulse. I want to watch Pulse. I want to watch some, some uh, ghosts coming through the internet through hacking sequences. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I wonder if it's going to be serious or not. That's the real question. Mmm. Which which would be funnier though, if it's serious or not serious. It depends That's if it's good. <laughs> if it's good, yeah. then serious is probably fine. But if it's bad, mm. uh, then anything else, please. Anyway, we'll do that next week. Let's wrap it up with the best quote from The Mummy Returns. Knock knock. Anybody home? That's a that's a, a classic line. <laughs> I wrote that down and I don't remember where it was from. <laughs> oh no, it was when they were entering one of the the mummy the the I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the no, it's with the goon. The goons enter the temple and then he's like, knock knock, anybody home? Oh yeah, okay. Uh, my favourite will have to be. Are we there yet? 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 Are we there? So good. I'll just go. Uh, my my top three. Oh, the old wipe out the world ploy. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great line. Um, this is one from the goons actually. Jack's gotta make a nice fillet out of you, my son. Ooh. Um, Very nice, isn't it? And then, speaking of uh, the sun, I got my my favourite one here. This is when he puts on the uh, the scorpion friendship bracelet. Mm. Uh, he says, 
Cripes, how do you get this thing off? <laughs> oh, yeah. I just like it because he says, Cripes. We need, to, we need to say Cripes some more. <gasps> We're bringing it back, Cripes. Yeah, Cripes. Bringing it back. Bringing it back.